Hey everyone, Ken Moody here from Dynasty League Football. Just letting you know that this podcast is sponsored by League Tycoon. If you play in a contract Dynasty League, or have ever thought about joining a contract league, but you are worried that it would be too much work, then you will want to check out League Tycoon. League Tycoon has perfected a platform for fantasy football salary cap and contract leagues. Leagues are super easy to set up, and they offer a ton of configuration and management options. League Tycoon's mobile app makes managing your team easy. In fact, their mobile app may be the best fantasy league mobile app in the industry. It's feature-rich, easy to navigate, and doesn't have a lot of distracting features to take away from the pure fantasy football experience. So go to LeagueTycoon.com to get more information and download the app. And if you use the promo code DLF when creating a league, your first year is absolutely free. League Tycoon makes Dynasty Contract Leagues easy and fun, and it will change the way you play fantasy football. That's LeagueTycoon.com. Go check them out. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt. Over there is Ryan, who's bidding against me in an auction right now, using the, using my being busy uh, against me, that toolbox. Uh, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, and we are talking about the NFL draft that is just a mere hours away now. We are not talking about months or weeks. Not even days anymore. We're talking hours. By the time you're listening to this, uh, the draft might have kicked off by by now. Um, we're recording on Sunday night, and we are jacked for the draft. Matt is already like in full vacation mode for the draft. Matt, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. You know, I now that we have this annual tradition, I just book the entire week and uh, I take it easy. Once so we jealous. hit Saturday night, it's over. So yeah, I'm in Denver right now waiting for your arrival and uh, so excited to get to this draft after all of the work we've done this offseason, these 45 rookies we've talked about on the show over the last few months. Uh, we it's, it's ready. We're getting that last piece of information. So very excited. Yeah, and rookies are moving around rankings everywhere. Anybody who does rookie rankings, if they're not updated, it, you know, the last few days, they're not they're not doing you a justice right now. Make sure to check check those rookie rankings because I I feel like I look at mine on the hourly now, Ryan. In fact, we were talking about rankings right before the show, and I had to jump over there and change a couple things. Uh, I I was a little off base on a couple things, but uh, we're ready for this today. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so tough right now in these, in these days leading up to the draft to do those rankings because this is the time and and we've, it's already happened. It's already started happening. This is the time we start hearing some misinformation. Uh, Yeah. You know, that uh, Bijan Robinson is not the RB one for, for multiple teams that Will Levis is now the favorite to go to overall. Yeah. um, And I mean, that's not, that's not just a, uh, you know, that's just not, not just talk. That is, he's the betting favorite and that's, that's a, a major surprise, but uh, whether you are trying to do some rankings or, or if you're just uh, preparing for your own rookie drafts, it's really tough right now to know what to believe. Yeah. And you're, we're trying to pick through it, right? Pick through all that information. The reality is a lot of questions are going to get answered in mere hours at this point. We're only, 
we're, we're counting down the minutes at some point here this week to when we get some answers to questions and, and we start to realize, I guess, which, who was lying to us and who was yeah. making up uh, fabrications to help their own teams. Either way, there's going to be a lot, we're going to have a lot of fun. And it's not just because the three of us, along with a couple other guys that enjoy the draft are hanging out together, but also because we get these answers to questions, not only for the rookies, but also because veterans are involved in the in the NFL draft, right, guys? We we see guys like A.J. Brown get traded on draft night, and that's the expectation again this year. Whether you whether you think it's Derrick Henry changing teams on uh, Thursday night or Aaron Rodgers, that inevitable trade is sure to happen at some point. Betting favorite is sometime on Wednesday, right? So we got a Wednesday or Thursday. So. There's going to be some movement. Is there anything you guys are really looking forward to as far as veterans go that there could be a value change on the dynasty landscape, Matt? Looking forward to, geez, uh, I was thinking more along the lines of disappointments. Like we talked with that running back danger episode, right? So I was thinking more of my head about stuff like that. Like now I I feel like I wanted to add, I don't remember if we talked about him, Dan, but I wanted to add Tyler Algier to that list. Like, yeah, more and good. more buzz, you know, like about, I don't know if they're going to do it at nine, but you hope that you hope they don't, but you can certainly see it. And I just feel like Algier at this point is going to be looking over his shoulder. You know, maybe, maybe it's not Bijan, maybe it's not a higher profile guy, but I just feel like they're going to add somebody on a back in a backfield that I feel like doesn't even really need to add a running back, you know? So that that's one that's been rolling around my mind lately. How about you, Ryan? Is there somebody for you? I was I was actually thinking the same thing. Just looking at these running back depth charts, um, there there's the three names of these veterans veteran running backs that could be moving. You already mentioned uh, Derrick Henry. His his name has continued to pop up in trade rumors, and then both Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon as as possible uh, cut candidates. I don't think we'll see that uh, you know during the draft or necessarily leading up to the draft, but. If one of these day two running backs, early day three running backs lands in the lap of of Minnesota or Cincinnati, that's going to make that a much easier decision. So uh, we'll see the the ripples of the NFL draft, you know, really for weeks and months to come. Yeah, there's there's other veterans. Uh, I mentioned Rodgers as well. What about DeAndre Hopkins, who who's been rumored to be on the trade market? That could happen on draft yeah. night. Uh, certainly could find a new home for D Hop. Uh, Nuke could help out a lot of teams out there and a lot of dynasty managers if he got the right right landing spot there. You, so you guys aren't um, uh, you guys aren't excited about Allen Robinson to the Steelers to be the new big who? slot? Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We well, got a lot I mean, to get to. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. I, yeah, I would just say the 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 best part is the surprise, right? I mean, a year ago at this time when we were looking forward to the twenty twenty two NFL draft, we didn't talk about. Hollywood Brown being traded or, um, or, or AJ Brown certainly being traded. So um, the, the surprises uh, and, and hopefully big names uh, that's, that's going to be the best part. Uh, we got a fun show this week. We are, we're going to do a, one last rookie mock draft. It'll be a single quarterback draft. Try to get as many picks in on that. We got three, our final three rookies, late round gems, potentially maybe one or two of those in this group that we need to talk to, to get us to 45 rookies talked about on the show. And then if you're, uh, if you're listening to us before Tuesday night, um, we got, we got a live pod. 
on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be answering draft questions uh, throughout that about half hour show. So visit us, uh, check us out uh, on the socials. It'll be over there on YouTube, and uh, we want to chat with you guys. So come join us on Tuesday night for that. But first, we got to get to this startup. The startup. Matt kind of buried the lead there. Alan Robinson uh, changed teams, and that's clearly the biggest news in Dynasty, right, guys? <laughs> uh, no, really, it's Jameson Williams. All Dynasty managers were on red alert on Friday afternoon, evening, whenever, wherever you were, are, uh, when they heard Jameson Williams and suspension for gambling in the same sentence. That got us all a little bit leery right away, right away, or, or back then, because... We remember back to the Calvin Ridley situation. His value took that big dip. He was out for an entire year. This is a little bit different. Jamison Williams gambling on college football, but he was doing it from an NFL facility. That landed him a six-game suspension, which certainly dulls the, the sheen on that breakout sensation that a lot of us in the Dynasty community, Ryan, we were kind of expecting Jamison Williams in this offense that we're excited to see in 2023. He was going to come out guns a blazing, but now he places these bets on college football from a team facility and he misses that first month and a half of the year. He'll still be able to train with the team throughout training camp and even the preseason, but certainly dynasty managers are thinking to themselves, man, missed opportunity for that early breakout this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, with Jamison Williams suspended those six games to start the season, uh, I guess the Lions are going to miss out on uh, one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown because that's what he had last year in six oh, games. Uh, played, played six total games, nine targets in six games. Um, honestly, I think from a dynasty standpoint, this is going to end up being a good thing. You look at his current ADP and, and uh, the ADP there at DLF is – is based on mock drafts before this news broke. He's the wide receiver 21. He's being drafted ahead of Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, Godwin, uh, Addison and Quentin Johnston, Judy, Pickens, McLaurin, Ayuk. I mean, he is he's simply been overvalued, way, way overvalued in my opinion. You go back to last preseason, he was 70 overall and the wide receiver 38. So, so to go from wide receiver 38 to wide receiver 21, based on what we saw uh, in that limited stretch last season. I, I, I just don't get it. Personally, I, I'm, I'm a little bit on the other side of it. I'm, I'm excited for his upside. He was my number one receiver going into last year, and it was, it was with the understanding that he was going to miss most, if not all, of the 2022 season. I was disappointed, like many Dynasty managers, thinking – Man, there was a. I thought there was a chance at a at that big play upside hitting early in the season, especially because people don't know what to expect necessarily from Jamison Williams. I, I thought a double digit touch, touchdown season was in the cards. That was a possibility for a guy like him with that kind of speed. I, I look back at other young receivers that have kind of burst on the scene recent recently and. It really took that that unknown to create that opportunity, the the unknown of what he does for that offense. And sure, they sprinkled him in last year late in the season. It was primarily only as that nine-round deep 
deep shot player. He got those nine targets, and I think the the average depth of target was something like forty yards, because that's all they were running him on. They were they were going to open that playbook up a little bit, and I I thought they'd use that preseason and the, this entire off season to really get him acclimated and bring him in as potentially that number one outside threat to complement Amon Ross St. Brown. I was I was very disappointed with the with the news and and I really feel like I really hope I guess that it doesn't stunt his development and and we're not thinking in week 10 or 12 or 14 again just like last year. Yeah. Man, when are they going to unleash Jamison Williams cuz that that certainly could happen at this point with this six game suspension. I do think um I'll have to double check this but I think he is eligible to play in the preseason. So Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that helps for sure. As far as, as far as his development. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that was, that was probably a little too harsh on him, but, uh, basically I thought he was being overvalued prior to this news. And of course we'll see a value hit. I mean, I think Matt probably has some, some recent trades, maybe even post suspension trades, uh, to, to kind of update his value. But, essentially I think this suspension might push his value back down to where I thought it should have been anyway. Sure. And that's all fair. I think, I think the upside, the, that, that like raw potential that he has, has a lot of dynasty managers thinking we could have a high end dynasty wide receiver two, maybe even a wide receiver one on our hands with this guy. So, so that missing six games, once again, just like I said, it dulls the the expectation of that that huge breakout, which which man that it hurts, especially right before the draft when we're all excited about football. Matt, what do you think? I uh, I think I'm more cl- I'm closer to Ryan. Like I'm I'm the I feel like you like I'm excited about what he can do and what he's shown in limited work. Although I mean I wouldn't say it was a success that that limited work that we did see from him. Um, but I just think his asking price before was too high. Like now it, this is bringing his value back into line a little bit. Like, I think he's, you know, I think he's probably worth that late first round pick in, a, in, in this year's rookie class. Like, I think that's, that's where it's at. But, um, you know, I think people were valuing him closer to, you know, not exactly the same as like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, but I know earlier in the off season, I attempted to, you know, just pick up a little more draft capital here, you know, try to move from Wilson to, to a guy like Jameson and, you know, they, they thought that he was basically equal to them. Like they was wanting to give like a site, like a, like a, like a 25 second. I'm like, I think there's at least a first in between these guys. And I was told I was basically nuts by these, these managers. So like I, at that, at that price, I'm definitely out of him. But now we're seeing in the trade finder uh, just yesterday, Jameson Williams for the 202 and the 308. Like it's probably a little light. I think, you know, it's, but like, it's, it's close. It's, it's closer than like a mid first, which is where I think people had him previously. Jamison Williams in the 107 for the 102 to go up and get JSN. If you just want to be done with the whole situation, like I feel like like that's good, good in a one quarterback league. Um, Jamison Williams or J.K. Dobbins. Now that feels real light to me. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably taking Jamison there. I don't know how you guys oh, feel yeah, about that. For one. sure. Yeah. Jamison in the 202 for the 106. That feels pretty, pretty fair. So I don't know. I think there's deals to be made out there. Like I'm not paying more than that late first though. I think once you get beyond Addison kind of range and rookie draft, um, then I'm willing to think about it, but not certainly not before then. I mean, yeah, it's still I just, it's still just six games though. Right. I mean that it right. hurts, but, but 
yeah, I, did, it's I didn't just, move him down my dynasty rankings, though. No, 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 I didn't either. I just think that there are some people right now that are like, well, like, like, let's get out. So, like, if you wanted to value shop at this time compared to where he was even a month ago, I think it's a good time to do it. I think that is is a good place to end the conversation. I, I did want to add one other thing. Uh, just with Jamison Williams in the in the comparison or the the fear maybe that dynasty managers have that like when will he get this breakout opportunity? There's a big difference between 2022 Jamison Williams and 2023 Jamison Williams. Uh, the injury last year kept him limited when he did finally get back. This time, I think the expectation will be that he'll he'll break immediately back into that offense, that the Lions won't have the same kind of fear of re-injury or aggravation, and potentially we could get that that major upside early in his return, starting as, as early as week seven. The DLF Dynasty Podcast Mock Draft. Yeah, let's do one more mock before the real NFL draft. And this time we're going to do a single quarterback dynasty rookie mock. Uh, Ryan drew the number one pick. I drew number two and Matt, you're in at number three. So single quarterback uh, next week following the NFL draft, we will do another mock draft. We'll probably do super flex to talk a little bit about the quarterbacks and such. But we'll have a we'll have a re- instant reaction to what happened on draft day. Let's uh, talk about current values here, though, Ryan. No shakeup at the top, I'm sure. No, I mean I, I think it's it might be fair to uh, question or debate in a super flex league, depending on how you feel about those quarterbacks. But uh, in this one quarterback format, it's it's easily Bijan Robinson. Yeah, you've seen the uh, the hearsay going around about Bijan that he's not the number one uh, wide or running back on every draft board in the NFL. That that sounds like hogwash to me. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm up at number two. I'm going to take the number one wide receiver that's going to go on Thursday night. That's Jackson Smith in Jigba. He'll be a top fifteen pick, no doubt. And I'm excited Ooh. to see where he ends up playing. Mm. Does that mean he's going to the Packers, Dan? Uh, uh, that's why I was willing to make it 15. That'd be great. <laughs> Man, he'd be a perfect compliment There's to Christian I'd Watson. Love it. I'd love it, but I, zero chance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's going top 15. I'm not even sure he's the wide receiver one uh, in the NFL draft, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. Stop with that nastiness. He better be, man. He's six, he's five, seven, three count. I can't. I can't. He's instant. Anyway. Um, one Oh three, easy, easy in a one quarterback league. It's Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you're looking for that pass catching upside here. Um, he's clear running back two in the class. I think, unless for some reason Charbonnet gets close in draft capital, which I don't think is going to happen. I like that. I would have gone with him at three as well. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, certainly chalky so far. I think this is still the chalk, although this is maybe where it, it, you could start making some arguments. Uh, I'm going to go Jordan Addison here at the 1.04 spot, uh, the wide receiver two in the class. Yeah, I would have gone with uh, him at number four as well. That pushes, this is maybe a hinge spot for a lot of dynasty managers. I think there's a few different ways you could go. Um, I'm going to go with my wide receiver three in the class. That's Zay Flowers. I expect him to get first round draft capital. And the teams that I expect to, 
to be real interested in Zay Flowers uh, make me think that this is going to be more um, the rule, not just the exception. Uh, Zay Flowers goes number five. Yeah, we're in the middle of a huge tier here for me. It's hard to differentiate these players without the landing spot, so I'm going to take uh, the next running back up. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, I expect to be locked in day two, hopefully round two, but probably more likely round three. Ryan, you're up at the seventh spot. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting questions we face in in single quarterback leagues this year is where to start taking the quarterbacks. Um, And the draft could definitely change this if we get some surprising draft capital for these uh, receivers or running backs in this tier. Uh, But for now, pre-draft, I'm going to take the QB1. Mm. And in a single quarterback league, for me, the quarterback one is Anthony Richardson. There it is. Mm. That's that's a that's a good pick. I I, I like that line of thinking that that Richardson holds that upside a little bit more upside maybe than than the other quarterbacks that we're going to talk about. And I don't mind him going in the mid part of the first round because you could have the QB one in a couple of years on your roster, at least the dynasty QB one. So maybe a little spicy for some, but I, I don't mind that there. I'm going to go back to the receiver position and take the slot machine in this draft class. I'm going to go with Josh Downs right here. He's my wide receiver four in the class. Uh, so he'll go right here. Yep. I'm going to follow your lead uh, with my wide receiver four in the class. That's Marvin Mims. I think he's continually being undervalued uh, throughout this process. Uh, the bottom of the first round, Ryan. How you feel yeah. about it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, where's those quarterbacks? It would look I a lot better with those other quarterbacks in here. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel good about it. Uh, this is uh, a, a reminder of why I prefer super flex leagues. Just adds <laughs> yep. adds more value to more players. So that's a good thing. Uh, you could say the same with uh, real tight end premium leagues, uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, I mean, Quentin Johnston is, I think, has to be the pick here. I know we all have concerns about him or questions about him, uh, but he's still a possible first-round uh, draft pick, if not likely an early second. And, and here at 110, I think he has to be the pick. I wrestle with Johnston every time I look at my rankings. And, and Matt, you and I both took smaller receivers that are expected to get draft capital in the second round rather than the first round. Johnson still mentioned there from time to time, you know, I mentioned, I wrestle, I wrestle with Johnston. I, I just, I can't fall in love with his game as much as some other managers. And that's what continues to push him down my rankings. To be fair, I, I have him up here in this range. So it, it's not crazy for sure. I just, it just makes it just- me, Makes me a little queasy. <laughs> he's just, he's the most volatile player, I think, for me in this range. Like, I, I, I could see ranking him at the top of this, uh, you know, a few picks ahead, depending if he goes on somewhere with a creative play caller that's going to use him to his strengths. But if somebody drafts him and throws him in a place where he's going to have to make a bunch of contested catches, I'm going to be lower than here. So, um, I yeah, just, I have I no problem with anybody taking know. him just at a, 10. No, not at all. A few months ago, we were talking about him as a potential top three pick in yeah. this kind of, in, in this kind of league. So uh, I'm up at the 11 pick. I'm going to go back to the quarterback position. I'm going to take my QB oh. one in the class. It's CJ Stroud. Yeah. I'm, I can see doing that, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to take my last guy in the skill position tier here. Tank Bigsby. 
All right, yeah, that wraps up round one. It goes Bijan, then JSN, followed by Jameer Gibbs and Jordan Addison at number four. I followed that up with Zay Flowers, and Matt went Zach Charbonnet. The second half of the first round, we saw our first quarterback at the 107, Anthony Richardson, then Josh Downs, Marvin Mims, and Quentin Johnston went uh, eight through 10, followed by CJ Stroud, the QB2, and running back Tank Bigsby at the 112. Let's get to round two, Ryan. Is there a value out there for you? I don't think there's a value. I was going to say, I think usually when you get into the second round, it becomes kind of get your guy territory, even if it means reaching uh, or, or taking a player higher than ADP suggests, but we're probably doing that by the middle of the first round this right. year. Um, so I'm going to continue that. I'm going to take one of my guys. Uh, I'm going to take Cedric Tillman here at the 2.01. That is a very good pick. Next pick. I like that one. Uh, was, Probably got sniped there. I was going to, I almost took Tillman over CJ Stroud before. So now I got to go to the other quarterback. I'm digging Bryce Young with the 14th pick. I think this is the true range in a lot of leagues where you're going to see these quarterbacks go. Yeah. It's just some, offer some safety and a sea of uncertainty, right? With yep, uh, right. all of these guys. Um, yeah. And I mean, I just uh, cracks open another big tier for me. So it feels great to open open with that uh <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go with izzy abanacanda here you know the buzz is is, is strong for this guy i have questions about his ability to, to make people miss in the open field and some other things but he's got the size and speed and some team is going to draft him i think on day two at this point so take it. it really seems that way i i like the pick you mentioned it though there's a massive tier right here yeah. and and it's filled up with running backs it feels like there are a handful of names that you could go with and i don't think anybody's gonna battle you all that much with with which one you choose ryan you're up at the 204 are you gonna dip into the running back market yeah i think i will there's been a, a little bit of negative buzz or concern about this guy but uh, until the nfl tells us that they're worried i'm i'm gonna still value him in this range i'll take uh Tajay spears here I like that pick. He's in this tier of running backs for sure. I'm going to stick with the running back position as well at the 2.05. Um, I'm going to stick to my rankings. I know a lot of people are are wondering if he's going to really plummet in rookie drafts. I like Devin Aching. I think he's that, that uh, spark and that ability. I've, I've fallen in love with so many running backs like that, going all the way back to CJ Spiller and others. Um, I I like the upside of A-Chain. Yeah, I agree. That would have been the pick here for me as well. I think at that point, uh, you know, I, I think he is going to get the day two capital. So it's just where you feel comfortable taking probably a mostly part-time player. Uh, and he has that upside to make that work. So it's a good spot. I'll take Roshan Johnson, you know, again, profiles as the as a, as a possible three down back, but probably going to have to be a part of committee early on at least. Uh, but, you know, he's got the size, he's got the, the blocking for sure. He's got the pass protection. So I think some, some, some team is going to fall in love with him on day two, I think. Uh, I'm going to start the uh, tight end run, uh, at least potentially. I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid here. I, I think he's going to be the first tight end drafted uh, on Thursday night, now, although it's certainly a lot of competition there with uh, Mayer and, and even Darnell Washington. But uh, I, they're very close for me, but I'll, I'll go with Kincaid here. 
Yeah, and that we've talked about a couple times. It's hard to crack the seal on tight end because we have so many that we like going all the way into the third round. You're picking here at the 207. There's a chance there's a tight end you really like at the 307. So that's going to be something that I think dynasty manager, managers will wrestle with no matter what your settings are. I'm up at the 208, and I'm going to, I'm going to end the slide for Jalen Hyatt right here. He's a top 50 draft pick, most likely. If he gets the right kind of draft capital, ends up in a vertical offense that can uh, use his strengths properly and get him on the field, he's never going to be a target hog. But these types that, that are... Uh, that are as speedy and look so smooth running that deep route. This feels like a value to get him this late, especially when he's going to get draft capital that suggests he should be a starter in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I was hoping to grab him here. Um, I will, geez, because really, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of players you could take here. There's like no yeah, I kinda, you know really this like, exercise makes me feel like I I don't mind the second round all that much because you you but, are throwing a dart a little bit. It is a lottery ticket, but I don't mind the lottery tickets we're throwing or we're, we're but, getting here. But is it going to feel like that once we have landing spots? That is the maybe not the, <laughs> and, and draft capital both. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick to my board and go with Tank Dell here. I know he's tiny, but I don't care. He's he didn't miss any time. Uh, that's a concern for size. You know, contested catches are a concern for size. Not great at that, but he still had 17 touchdowns. He's going to be able to score touchdowns near the goal line. So I'm going to take Tank Dell here. Ryan? Uh, 2.10. I'm, uh, I'll stick with the tight end position. Uh, I was torn between Kincaid and Michael Mayer. Uh, so I'll get them both. Michael Mayer here at 2.10. Yeah, if Michael Mayer ends up with that first round draft capital, gets one of those landing spots that we really like, I could see him moving up just a little bit. In fact, I could see most of these tight ends. Dallas seems to be a hot, hot mock uh, landing spot for Michael Mayer. I think that'd go a long ways towards his dynasty upside or at least his value in drafts. I am going to jump back into the running back position. Considered him with the last pick, but couldn't couldn't uh, pass up on Hyatt. I'll go with my favorite bigger back in the class that's expected to be a mid-round pick. That's Zach Evans out of Mississippi. I, I think uh, he could he could do some good to his dynasty value on uh, most likely Friday night. You can have or, or Saturday, 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 Saturday. Um, yeah, I I like starting to take the tight ends in this range because uh, I, I like them all and I just don't know which one is going to get the draft capital and which one's going to get, I mean, not the draft capital necessarily matters for tight end, but who's going to get the landing spot, you know, which one's going to be good. I just don't know. So uh, this is a good spot after both Kincaid and Meyer are off the board. I will go with Darnell Washington. So round two is in the book books. It uh, started with wide receiver Cedric Tillman and then went to Bryce Young and Izzy Abanacanda at three. The fourth, fifth, and sixth picks were also running backs. Tajay Spears, Devin A-Chain, and Roshan Johnson. Then we started in on tight ends with Dalton Kincaid, followed by Jalen Hyatt and Tank Dell. Michael Mayer was the second tight end off the board at the 210. Then Zach Evans and followed by tight end three, Darnell Washington. Ryan, you're up with the 301, and I have a feeling you're going to snipe me here. Uh, I hope so. I'm going to take uh, a quarterback here. We've had we've seen the uh, top three guys go off the board. Uh, as we said earlier, Levis, the, the buzz has been positive. 
on him over the past few days. I, I don't think he ends up going ahead of uh, ahead of those other names, but regardless, he'll be a first rounder. And uh, of course that means possible early playing time. So in the third round, even in this format, I think he's a, a good value. Yeah, that's a, that's the guy. He, he is a very good value right here, especially with that recent buzz about his draft capital and that the potential that there could be a team that trades up for him uh, early in the first round. So that would do something for his value as well. I am going to stick with one of my guys throughout the, this entire process, really. I know there's uh there's not a lot of us left, but I like Rashi Rice. I think this is a great value here at the beginning of the third round. Oh, I was, I don't know how you guys could click the button of that. I, I don't know. You guys, you guys heard that uh, I'm sure well before me, but I recently learned about Will Levis's weird habit about eating a banana with the peel on and That's, mayonnaise and the coffee. I couldn't. These, I these couldn't are not real. Come on. I couldn't do it. There's, isn't there like, I think there's a TikTok or some video. Yeah, it was. Have you ever seen anybody thing. do things just for attention? Especially on <laughs> well, TikTok? That's even, more, that's, that's even more sad. That's even more sad. Well, he's that's... doing it for attention. So I, st- I, I stand by my, my take. Um, go, what, what? Make your pick, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to wide receiver. Let's take Jaden Reed. All right. Yeah. That's a, a little surprising that it was you that took him. Usually I, I end up with uh, the big 10 wide receiver that, that everybody wants to put in the fourth round that I think is in the third. I like that. Uh, like that he's moving up draft boards. I'm going to go to Ryan for the fourth pick in the third round because I don't like to skip him. <laughs> uh, I'll take I, – I, I could wait on this guy because I know my uh, I know my competition here, and I know neither of you guys like him, but this is this is where I think he will go in uh, in rookie drafts, so I'll, I'll grab him here. Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. No, he was he was getting close for me. Uh, certainly would have been in consideration. So I like that. These wide receivers that we are going to talk about all the time right in this range, they're, these are the guys that can move and shake over the next uh, week or so, depending on what kind of draft capital. And Mingo's uh, arrow is certainly pointing up. Um, I'm going to go back to the tight end position. This is where I really like the, this group of tight ends. You could take any one of these guys that are left and p- feel pretty good about their long-term upside. I'm going to stick to my board right now and go with Luke Musgrave, but I could see one of these other guys that are about to get picked jumping over him in the uh, after draft capital and landing spots are announced. Yep, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go to... I feel like people are way higher than we are placing him in this mock. So I'm going to take Kendra Miller here. He seems like he's mm. fallen too far. The injury concerns are are there, but, you know, he looks like a very gifted natural runner. So the PPR upside, not there. But I think he probably deserves a little bit better capital than this. He was the, actually the next guy on my board. So he, I, yeah, I, think, uh, I think there's a good chance that he goes in this range or maybe even a few picks higher. Uh, by the time the, the draft happens. But I, I think he certainly belongs here or above. That's good analysis there. Ryan, who you got at the 3.07? Yep, I was taking Miller as well. Um, instead, I will go with a wide receiver. I think we'll get day two draft capital. I'll go Tyler Scott uh, uh, from Cincinnati. I almost took him over Musgrave <laughs> and thought I could get him later on. That's a good pick. I think you're right about the draft capital as well. 
Um, that pushes me back to the tight end position. And I got to take my guy Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. We might have to wait a year for any kind of fantasy relevance. But, man, th- that's a value. I love Tucker Craft and his upside to become like a startable dynasty tight end. Ah, that's disgusting. I'm just going to take the, a pure upside pick here. That's probably disgusting, and it is, but I'm going to take Kayshawn Booty here. And I don't know. I'm still holding out hope that some team. I think some team, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have them than Will Levis probably. So, uh, Ryan, your last pick of the mock, 3.10. Uh, I'm going to go back to the tight end position as well. Uh, I prefer Sam Laporta to craft uh, narrowly, so I'll uh, I'll take Laporta here. Oh, that's a good pick. I would have gone with him with the next pick and just kept taking tight ends because I love him in the third round. I have to pivot, though, not a tight end this time. I'm going to go back to the running back position. Chase Brown from Illinois. Um, probably not going to get great draft capital, but I like him right here, uh, especially gets if he gets a decent landing spot. Matt, you got the final pick. Yeah, I should probably go Sean Tucker here, but I'm not. I'm going to go Evan. I'm going to go Evan Hole. I just I like him a lot more. So big guy catches passes. That's all you need. That's what you told me, Dan. And all I need is that's what I like out of my running back catch passes. What was it? What was it? Yeah, Matt's real easy. Quarterbacks that run, running backs that catch, wide receivers that separate, and tight ends that run fast. Yeah, Uh, those are the guys he likes. It's an easy game. (laughs) So the third round is in the books as well. Tell us who we missed on Twitter. This is all going to change in the next uh, four or five days, and we can't wait for it. Um, uh, Let's see who who really shoots up before next week's mock. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, let's do a Rookie Report. Last one of the year, guys, before the NFL draft. We have three more rookies to talk about, and we have to start. Actually, there's two really exciting ones uh, that both went in that mock draft in the third round that we just did. So um, let's start with Sam Laporta. Matt, you got a chance to introduce yourself to the tight end from Iowa. They create starting NFL tight ends. Do you think Laporte is one of them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to look at the track record of Iowa State, right? Just all of the good catch, run after the catch tight ends are are from there. And uh, Sam Laporta is no different. I think that is his best uh, asset is his run after the catch ability. Uh, and he can win with deep speed, too. I really like that he uh, was basically the featured re- receiver for uh, Iowa State in both his junior season, junior and season seasons. He led them in receptions, 28% target share uh, this past season. So clearly uh, the offense there for Ohio State. So uh, I think, you know, he can be moved over all over the formation. Uh, but I think his best his best position is going to be in minor in the slot where he can just kind of rip, rip out the seam. Um, and, you know, he can float out. Into the, into the flats for a dump off here and there. I think those kind of things, getting the ball to him early early in the route uh, is going to be beneficial, I think, for him. And he can he's shown that he can handle that kind of volume. So um, I, I do have some questions about him, but he's got really exciting athleticism for a tight end. Yeah, I, I knew you'd like the athleticism and that ability to make something happen after the catch. I think that's what most dynasty managers see when they look at Laporta. Um, at Iowa and you know really they they didn't always use him to all of his strengths he he wasn't always that field stretcher you'd see glimpses of it the highlight 
the highlight film is full of plays like that where he gets downfield and then makes some, one player miss before some run after the catch. And, and that, that makes you uh, ooh and ah just a little bit. I, I have some questions as well about him. I, I, I really like him. I think he's, he is a good athlete. Um, you mentioned that run after the catch is maybe his biggest strength. I actually think his ability to find the open open field in the against zone might be his biggest strength. You see him regularly run that hook route in the middle mm-hmm. of the field and shuffle his feet side while he's square with the quarterback to find that window between the linebackers. I think that's probably he's he's got that that innate sense to find that opening, make the catch and then turn into that runner. Um, I'm really excited about that part of his game and and maybe that helps him translate to being on the field right away early in his career as a second round pick, which is probably what we're expecting, Ryan, these teams expect these guys to get on the field early and become starters. Are we, are we seeing him as a, as an early enough pick that we, um, you know, if he gets that top 50 draft capital, we could see him on the field early. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Looking at NFLMockDraftDatabase.com, they project Laporta to be the tight end five. 51 overall is his average. So right right in that range and um, likely a second round pick, certainly uh, going to be a day two pick. And, you know, even if he is the fifth tight end behind some of the others that we've talked about, I don't think that's a knock on him. And we kind of mentioned it in that mock draft, the depth of the tight end class is, is going to be uh, like, like a bonus to all of us. It's just free value in the, in the third round of a draft. If, if just one or two of these tight ends made up the, the top tier of the class, uh, like a typical year, we'd have to take those guys probably in the early second round instead of the, uh, instead of the third round. So I love the value that I think Laporta is going to offer in dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, you look at his current ADP 42 overall, also tight end five there. And in our DLF rankings, we're a little bit higher on him. We have him more in that late third round range. Um, the, you know, the Scott Baird had a great tweet quite a while ago. Um, our buddy from uh, Fantasy Points. He said, if I'm ever a GM, the first thing I'm doing is hiring whoever was in charge of scouting and developing tight ends at Iowa. <laughs> he talks about George Kittle, three-star rating coming out of high school, zero other power five offers for Kittle. Hawkinson three-star rating. He had one other power five offer and Laporta was a three-star guy, zero other power five offers. And Laporta goes on to be the leading uh, receiver among, uh, among tight ends ever in the history of Iowa, Iowa, which includes those guys, Noah Fant, Dallas Clark, lots of, lots of great names. I mean, I feel like we try not to helmet scout, you know, that they, they say that's a bad thing. In this case, I'm fine doing it. If there's an Iowa tight end on day two, I want him mm-hmm. on my team. I mean, yeah, two of our top five. When he, when he two gets of our top five. Of, yeah. Right. When he gets that kind of draft capital that we're expecting. You know, we've we've seen some Iowa guys come through that land in the fifth round, those blocking guy, blocking types and such. Um, th- this is a different kind of kind of animal. The, these guys that stretch the field just a little bit and have the athleticism. If there's a problem in and maybe projecting Laporta as a, as more than a back end tight end one in fantasy, which is, I think pretty, pretty aggressive already. Maybe, maybe top 10 type guy, Matt. It's probably that he, 
I would say that he doesn't have that, like, he, he gets the ball knocked out of his hands at the catch point from time to time. He has a little bit of problem with the contested catch, especially when he has to extend big time beyond his, his body, which is when you mix that with athleticism uh, that we expect him to have, that gives you questions if he can be that touchdown producer that we all depend on out of our tight end. Yeah, only, what, one touchdown, I think, last season and has not been a touchdown producer. Uh, like you said, he's just he has issues with physicality both before and during the catch. I think after the catch, he has some ability to stiff arm and attack defenders. Um, yeah. But, 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 you know, early in the routes, he can get pushed off. Uh, but so it's just like he has it in him. He just needs to bring it out at the more opportune time. So, yeah, that's my biggest concern as well. You need that physicality, yeah. I think, out of your tight end if you want touchdowns. Do you do you see anything more than like a fringe tight end one out of his upside, Matt? I mean, if it all comes together and he's the, he's you know he hits that that threshold of being a top two target, I think he could he could hit that that mid range top six kind of sure. kind of area. It's just hard because those top those top guys are just so strong. Somebody's going to have to replace Kelsey eventually, but uh, it doesn't seem like that's happening just yet. So uh, we got some time to wait, I think, before these guys really get up there. Yeah, that lack of killer instinct uh, at the catch point yeah. is probably the thing that's going to hold him back from being a regular starter every week on a dynasty team. And that's what's going to make him a third round rookie pick uh, like he was in our mock rather than a second round guy that we saw with Kincaid and Mayer and, and Washington. Let's move on to our second guy. And Ryan, I wanted to start with you, with Tyler Scott, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. We, uh, you know, this offseason – Throughout the pre-draft process, it feels like he's slowly gaining steam. Uh, and now we're starting to talk about him as potentially a second-round NFL draft pick, which that kind of draft capital, that's going to do a lot for his dynasty value. Yeah, it feels like there's always one or two of these guys each year that the the scouting community, uh, those people putting out those three-round mocks early in the offseason um, – they're putting us onto guys every year and uh, sometimes it ends up playing out. And, and I think it will with Tyler Scott this year. Uh, I do think he ends up as a second rounder, as we said earlier. And uh, for the most part, he was not a guy that was really on dynasty radars back at the beginning of the off season. Uh, I mean, his game is, is all about speed. You know, he's a speed guy. Um, some really good notes from, from Dane Brugler in his, uh, in, in his draft guide. I didn't know this. Uh, Scott is a, uh, was a high school running back. So converted from running back to wide receiver. And in fact, wasn't used much as a pass catcher in high school. So still kind of, kind of a raw uh, receiver and still learning the position. So you, you think about, uh, that could kind of go either way, but you think about him having some upside, some room to grow and, uh, and, you know, improve his skill and, and his production. Um, Brugler, actually, who I respect a ton, obviously actually has Scott ranked as his wide receiver seven in the class. Ooh. And of course that's only, uh, that's not fantasy related, but uh, if, if he's in that range, we should start paying attention. Yeah, we got to take notice of those kind of things. In fact, I think I heard him on a podcast last week, uh, ooing and eyeing about the separation skills mm -hmm. as well, Matt. And that made me take another look at Tyler Scott. When I hear um, some of those kind of kind of rankers putting him that high, it makes me question if I'm when I'm sitting at eleven or twelve with a guy like Tyler Scott in my wide receiver ranks. If I need to take a second look, and I did, I couldn't push him up quite that high. I was 
honestly, I, and I mentioned it in our mock, I expect him to be a early to mid third round pick in most uh, rookie dynasty drafts, even with that second round draft capital. And like I mentioned, I like those separation skills. He can, he uses that speed to his advantage. I think he ran four, four flat or four, four, two, something like that at the combine. He's, he's able to separate and he creates that space for himself despite that lean frame. Yeah. I mean, he's, you said it, he's a separator, you know, uh, he does have some issues. He's not a certain, he's not, certainly not a smooth, crisp route runner. Um, but his acceleration is incredible. I think he's really, he's, he's going to be really good as a, as a after the catch guy. Um, he's got the twitch. He's, you know, he can create that instant separation. He understands how to leverage defenders going in one direction while he hits the other direction. So, I mean, he's got it all to be a number two. I think it's just, he's, you, you got to work on those route runnings a little bit. His drops, I think, are a little bit of a concern for him. You know, it's not really, we don't necessarily care about that for fantasy. So, um, but uh, play strength, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to help physical anybody at, 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 the, at the catch point, that kind of thing. But, uh, you get the ball in his hands, uh, tracks the ball a little deep down to his. He can do all of the things you need that number two speed receiver to do. Um, you know, and, and I think in some ways he's, he's a little bit more attractive than uh, than Jalen Hyatt, who's certainly going to get better draft capital, but maybe not significantly better draft capital. I'm not necessarily saying take Tyler Scott ahead of that guy, but, you know, he plays more on the outside, and and, and Jalen Hyatt has this weird, weird uh, you know, mostly slot, slot uh, vertical. Uh, kind of game right and which is a little bit less um used in the nfl i would say so a little less volume on those guys but but scott can do can 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 win on those short intermediate routes so uh, i think i think there's an argument to be had if the draft capital is close for a similar type of receiver i when i watch scott especially this last week I, i kept thinking back to how i felt about Jahan dotson coming out of penn state a year ago and how that speed, if that was, that. if there was enough of that there to translate. And I think the thing that, that made me think of that was that ability to adjust to the deep ball. You mentioned that he can, he can leverage defenders. He has the knack on the deep ball to bend his routes towards the middle of the field to create space on the outside or vice versa. And that doesn't always, uh, that's not always the case with college receivers, especially um, guys with his lean build that aren't necessarily high point catchers or anything like that. He he has a knack for creating space for himself to make the catch, make the play on the ball. So I, I really like his game, and I think he could be he could be a pretty darn good pro as that speed receiver secondary option in an NFL offense. The problem and what pushes him down into this third round is the is the hands. We see too many drops. And he's not necessarily used in that short to intermediate area as much. We, we don't get that that floor of those four or five catches, or he's not projected to get that in the NFL unless he really improves as a short to intermediate route runner, which isn't a strength of his at this I, point. I, I see people say things like he has like he has issues with his grip strength. And I don't know how you necessarily know that, but I guess it makes sense with some of his drops, the way it comes into his body and he can't squeeze the ball. But get the guy one of those – those grip strength there was those like things with the coils on it that my dad yeah. had when I was growing up. And as a kid, you were just like struggling to get in. You just felt so good when you finally squeeze it all the way in, get him, get him one of those. Does he have the upside guys to, to be like that wide receiver two on an NFL team that is, is in dynasty lineups every single week because he either makes the one big play or catches the five or six balls 
if he writes in, if he lands in the right offense, are, are we talking about that kind of upside when you consider he has day two draft capital? I mean, I, I see. Yeah. I, I, I think okay. so. I, that's the ceiling. Yeah. That that's a good way to say it. Um, you know, Brugler, we've seen Zay flowers compared to um, Tyler Lockett quite a bit. Brugler actually compared Tyler Scott to Tyler Lockett. I don't necessarily see that, but honestly, I I didn't see it with Tyler Lockett coming into the NFL either. I had some of these same concerns that he was too slight, that his separation skills and and speed were not enough. Well, obviously they have they have been enough. So, yeah, maybe we we got to get used to these guys that are five ten and one hundred and seventy five oh. pounds catching passes in the NFL because that that's all that's coming out. Uh, we're going to rank these guys after we get through the third rookie, which is Xavier Hutchinson, Matt from the receiver from Iowa state, the last of the 45 rookies that we're talking about. He didn't get drafted in our 36 players, single quarterback mock, but he's on the fringe. I would say of being one of those guys that could be considered in the third round. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I really wanted to like him more. I mean, he had he he does well things well from the wide receiver position. You know, he he has the size. He he's he's gonna be a good like short area receiver, close to the line of scrimmage, that kind of player. But he just I just don't think he has the athleticism to you know really be an impact fantasy player. I've seen some people compare him to David Bell, which. I can I can get that, but that's not good news. <laughs> uh, I, another player that was productive, you know, but just didn't have the athleticism. I feel like if you ask, like, um, you know, like Chat GPT or one of these new AI programs, like, show me an average wide receiver, they would show you Xavier Hutchinson. Like, he doesn't have any elite skill, nothing yeah. that he can kind of hang his hat on. Solid all around. I mean, he he's got. He's got the size. He's got good enough speed, but there's just nothing to get excited about there. Could it be Jarvis Landry? Oh no, I don't. Think no, so. no chance. He's he's a he's really a completely different kind of receiver too, right? We're we're talking about a guy that's that's lengthy, that's going to play on you know maybe like maybe he can play in the slot a little bit, but. He's not fast enough to be a vertical threat on the outside, right? Yeah. He's got the yeah. frame to be that guy that can make a play above the rim, but he doesn't show necessarily enough of that to do that at the next level. Um, there's just, I, I see what you guys are saying that he, he, there are things that hold you back. And Ryan, your point about him being a true average receiver, an average NFL receiver is an amazing athlete, a great player, obviously, right? I didn't say an but average NFL never... receiver. Okay, or an average <laughs> college receiver, whatever you meant. Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to ever do anything for our dynasty roster. There's nothing special about him that makes you think he's going to be my flex play some t- no. day down the road. And that, that's the things that's missing. There's nothing that grabs your attention and makes you think not only is he going to be a day two wide receiver in the NFL draft, but he's going to contribute. He's going to put up points for my fantasy team. He just doesn't have the speed and explosiveness to make that happen. Despite um, some nice stems to his routes and a body, a frame that makes you enticed that Matt, I think that's probably what you meant by I wanted to like him because 
he's got the frame to be an NFL receiver. He's got that size. He just he just doesn't have the explosiveness to go with it. And he uses his body well. He boxes out. He, he you know he plays that basketball yeah. style. Like he, he he's very good in contested catch situations. But it's just it's hard to you know it's hard to count on a player whose main skill is just contested catch and can't kind of separate on his own. At least at least for me. So. I typically love those guys. I love guys I that have do. that killer instinct, that love to go get the ball and sky over. That turns into touchdowns for dynasty managers, and I love touchdowns. But there's just a, there, there's not enough of that like fifth gear to pull away to create the separation in the NFL to make the play on the ball. I, I'm interested in his draft capital because I've heard people say he's going on day two. And that that makes me question if what I'm missing really about his game. Is it just enough – enough of the doing doing enough things good that the things that hold you back you're willing to overlook yeah i'm not sure i actually recently looked at um some seven round mock drafts uh matt miller released one um just uh, earlier today actually here on on sunday uh dame brugler chad reuter both released seven round mocks late last week uh, all three of those had uh, projected Hutchinson to, to be a day three pick, but in the fourth and fifth round range. So that's that's what I'm expecting. I don't think he sneaks into day two. If he does, then maybe we have to have a different conversation if, if a team likes him enough to take him yeah. in round three. His biggest strength to me that might translate to the next level and a quarterback might fall in love with is I saw multiple uh, one-on-one plays on back shoulder throws where he adjusted to the ball well, tapped his toes, and he didn't have to create any separation to create that opportunity. If a quarterback that that loves to throw that pass trusts him to do that at the next level, there could be a translation to a fantasy production down the road. What What's the difference between him and Rashi Rice? Um... A little bit of athleticism, but not like a yeah, ton, I yeah. Would say. There's like, more athleticism you know, for sure like, with Rashi. I guess if you're going to put those guys together, is that why you said I could have them at the 302 in that mock? <laughs> I just, I just don't see a lot of differences between them. They're both very good in contested situations, but I don't see them doing well in other and any really much else. Rice is way better after the catch, I guess. But, uh, mm-hmm. So that I guess that's going to do it. That's 45 rookies. We got a couple minutes left. Let's let's review our rankings, guys, and we'll put these guys, these three, in there as well. So we pretty much scrapped what we had to this point, and this is our official composite super flex ranking of all these players. It starts at the top with really a tier of of um, of Bijan Robinson and the quarterbacks, right, Ryan? We we didn't argue too much outside of what order to put those three quarterbacks. Yeah, we, we all we all kind of disagreed on how we should value the quarterbacks, but I, I think you've got Bijan in the three, and and you know maybe you could make a case that uh, Smith and Jigba uh, at least is in the conversation there as well, or maybe belongs in the tier. Yeah, I, I would have him in the tier. In fact, I would put him above a couple of the quarterbacks, but that's splitting hairs, really. If you have a top five pick in a super flex uh, draft, you feel pretty good about one of those three receivers or the top running back, or, or, or excuse me, three quarterbacks or the top running back in Bijan, receiver in JSN. After that, we all agreed in Jameer Gibbs at six and Jordan Addison at seven. After that, we landed on Zay Flowers, Matt, at number eight overall. And I know he's a guy that you're in, intrigued with going into the draft. 
Yeah, I think he's going in the first round. He's one of three that I think that are kind of a lock to go in the in the first round. So I'm excited. You see people, you know, comp him everywhere from uh, Tyler Lockett, like Ryan mentioned. Uh, also, I've seen comps as high as like Antonio Brown. So he's he's got that. He's got that kind of profile. He's smaller, but he plays inside and outside. And I just think he's one of the safer options at the position. We had to twist Matt's arm, but we ended up with Will Levis at number nine overall. And then Matt's guy, Zach Charbonnet, came up at number 10. After that, we went Josh Downs at 11. And then finally, Quinton Johnston ends up rounding out our top 12, Ryan. Johnston fell in our mock draft as well. Um, I guess we're just three of the guys that aren't quite believers. Well, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of us out there. Um, And, you know, every year there's that hot potato player that for whatever reason um, comes up with this, you know, has this negative buzz around them, seems to be losing value throughout the pre-draft process. And and sometimes that carries over uh, into rookie drafts as well. And, uh, it, it could certainly be Johnston. It looked like it was going to be Will Levis as, as the player no one wanted, uh, but but maybe it's Johnston. And if, if he gets that late first-round capital or, or even early second-round draft capital, uh, you, you've got to consider him uh, in this range, I think, even if you have those concerns. Yeah, Cedric Tillman came in, comes in at 13 in our rankings, uh, followed by Marvin Mims, Devin A. Chain, and Tank Bigsby. We landed with Ty, Ty J. Spears at 17. Jalen Hyatt fell quite a ways over the last couple months since we talked about him. We all have our reservations, although there certainly is a little bit of upside with Hyatt as well. He's at 18. Uh, Israel Abanacanda and Hendon Hooker uh, are 19 and 20. And then the top 24 rounds out with Zach Evans, Roshan Johnson, Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid at 24, 25 through 45. Uh, that goes Michael Mayer, Kendra Miller, Luke Musgrave, and Sam Laporta. Tucker Craft at 29, followed by Rashi Rice, who is another faller throughout this process for us. Uh, Chase Brown at 31, Tank Dell at 32, then Jaden Reed and Jonathan Mingo at 33 and 34. Tyler Scott, who we just talked about, he comes in at 35, so he's expected to be a third-round pick, according to us at least, followed by Kayshawn Booty at 36. The last handful of guys that we covered were Sean Tucker, Evan Hall, Xavier Hutchinson, Kenny McIntosh, Keaton Mitchell, A.T. Perry, Dontavian Wicks, Mohamed Ibrahim, and Rakeem Jarrett. So 45 prospects. Over a couple months, we covered as many as we could, and we realized we missed a couple guys that probably end up in the fourth round of your rookie draft. We're going to talk about all of it, react to everything that happened in the NFL draft. On next week's episode, we're also going to do a super flex mock draft. We'll talk about all the veterans that either change teams or change their value. We're going to slam as much as we can. Remember, guys, we have a live show on Tuesday night, just a couple days away for us. Might be only a few hours away for you by the time you're listening. Tuesday night, live uh, DLF podcast, question and answers on YouTube with Ryan McDowell, Matt Price. I'm Dan Myler. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast, and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.